0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode 8, Saturday morning, September 25th, and I am incredibly hungover right now. Last night was the wedding of Danimal, who we brought on for our, as our first ever guest on the podcast earlier this week. And it was a lot of fun, that dance floor got really crazy, but I was definitely overserved, and I woke up this morning to a bunch of songs that I recorded on my keyboard at like 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. that I don't really recall doing. Um, and they're, they're really interesting songs. I might, maybe I'll use one on this podcast, uh, but I still have to listen to them all through. And judging off what I heard so far, I, I uh, let's just say that my, I had some synaptic limitations. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to put it. So, yeah, um, i'm I'm on no sleep right now and but I'm dedicated to doing this and Saturday morning before eleven a m. central is the most important time to be on top of the line moves. This is if you're really serious about this, this is the time to uh, monitor the market movement. so I've made it a habit the past few years on football Saturday mornings just to get up earlier and and grind it out for a few hours before the games start and I'm not going to change that now so Anyways, on this episode, I'm just gonna get right into it. I'm gonna cover the the football card for today and tomorrow, and that's all I'll do. I was planning on doing a little bit more, but I'm gonna just save that stuff for for the next episodes. But anyway, right now this is a really exciting time at the end of September and entering October. Um, I've heard some people say this that sports betting is sports betting nirvana is upon us, and it really is. Like October for sports is probably the best month of the year. I personally prefer March just because March madness is going on. You got you got NBA as well. You got Major League Baseball starting up at that time and you also got hockey, you know, the playoffs for hockey and NBA are right around the corner. You got the, you know, soccer season. So I I love March, but it's really hard to argue that October is not the best sports month of the calendar year. You got football on the weekends, you got playoff baseball during the week and the weekends. NBA and NHL seasons are getting underway. College basketball is right around the corner. And then we actually got the Ryder Cup going on this weekend, which is great. So it's a really exciting time for, for sports. And the more games that are going on means more betting opportunity, more games on the board. And actually, odds makers when they have to put more games on the board, that's less time they have to pay attention to each particular game, if you think about it. So in theory, there should be more opportunity at this time of year, especially on the the lesser games, um, and like, for example, baseball games during NFL or college football, uh, the same day that those games are played, there's sometimes value to be found in, in baseball because the oddsmakers have a lot of their attention turned towards football. So you can get ahead of line moves, or if any information comes out, there's a lot of opportunity there. So uh, there's my alarm. Morning alarm's going off. Yeah, that's right, I got up before my alarm, bitch. So anyway... This is a really exciting time, and I just want to make a quick legal, um, I guess, rant just on – because I, I watched the the federal hearing, and I, I'm going to touch on this more in the next episode, but um, after watching the federal hearing on sports betting on Thursday, I'm, I'm just – I'm at a loss at some of the stuff that I saw. Some of these people that are in charge of policy and uh, the policymakers that we put in charge are very uninformed and it was an eye-opener for me because seeing how uninformed some of the senators and congressmen and congresswomen were about sports betting like how, how much they just didn't really know any of their shit it, it really came out in full force and that actually worries me for other issues that might be more important how uninformed they might be on those too so that was a nice little eye-opener when I was watching that but I will get into that more on a later episode. So anyway, let's jump right to it. Let's get to the card for today for NCAA Couch Football Week 5 and NFL Week 4. Yeah, Yeah. baby! (laughs) All right, let's get after it, starting with Couch Football Week 5. My favorite play this morning is Army against Buffalo, and Buffalo has actually been a team that I've been betting on the past few weeks and making some money because I think the markets have not properly been grading this, this team. They're an excellent football team. And having said that, Army is coming off a disappointing loss in overtime at Oklahoma. So it is a classic emotional letdown spot. But at the same time, these are servicemen we're talking about. And these guys, I, I have more faith in these guys to, to have the discipline to get past that. Uh, they took Oklahoma to overtime last weekend, but I think this this play is really, it, it sets up well for Army style. Um, last year when they played, Buffalo only ran 39 plays last year, so I actually think there's even potential value in the Buffalo team total under in this one. One of their top wide receivers is also banged up, um, but Army and the under is also slightly correlated in this one, too, so... I'm I already have Army plus seven and a half in pocket. That's it's one of my favorite plays of the week. I, I have it at about around plus four, plus three and a half, so we're getting some good value here. And I also like the spot just the way the matchup is. The past few games that they've played in the series has been very competitive they've been very competitive, so Army plus seven and a half. Another one I was looking at playing, but the number got away. But I'll be looking to see if it gets back is Virginia Tech plus five and a half. They're coming off that letdown loss, <laughs> losing straight up at home against Old Dominion, but I think there might have been an overreaction to this one. I mean, there were, but it, what, the line was plus five and a half, plus six, and I was looking to get into play if it gets up to plus seven and for less at plus six. But um, this line's closer to plus three, plus three and a half now, so I'm not gonna not gonna fire on that one unless it goes back up. So I'll be monitoring that this morning. Um, West Virginia and Texas Tech. I will be on Texas Tech on this one. I've already got plus three and a half in pocket, and I'll probably add some more if it gets to plus four. And I've also I got a good tip on this one, the under 76, and unfortunately now the under is, it, the over under is at 73 and a half, 73 in this line, because so I think people are onto this. But the coaches in this one for West Virginia and Texas Tech both come from the same coaching tree. They know each other's offensive tendencies. So that's advantage defense there. And for such a high total like that, you know, just (laughs) if a couple drives don't end in a touchdown, you're in pretty good shape. But having said that, it's 73-and-a-half now. I'm looking to see if that one trickles back up. might get into play for a little less. I think I saw a 74 somewhere. Um, So I think that was on Pavada. So I'm going to get in on the under there. If it trickles back up, I'll, I'll add even more. Clemson starting Trevor Lawrence today at quarterback. Um, they're not going to look past this game because they lost straight up to Syracuse last year, but the lines up to 25, 25 and a half on this one. so there's there's no value in betting Clemson, but they're not going to overlook this one. and I'll be intrigued to see how Trevor Lawrence performs today now that he has you know, he has the reins at quarterback. Plays that I like and I have in pocket already. Fresno State, minus nine and a half against Toledo, Florida Atlantic. This is the first conference game for Lane Kiffin, so he's ready to get rocking. They're at, I found, minus two and a half. They're facing Middle Tennessee State. Um, I think Kiffin's going to be up for this one, so I I like them at less than a field goal on that one. In Terms circling back to Old Dominion from, from the big upset win on the road against Virginia Tech last week. I think this is a classic spot to fade them this week. There was an overreaction, I think, to to them after after that upset victory. This is the same team that lost to Liberty by 42 points, and I understand they went through a quarterback change, but there's a lot of recency bias in this line, and I've got East Carolina at minus 6.5 in pockets, and I think anything less than a touchdown is a good play, but maybe even better for, for live wagering purposes to see how the new quarterback for Old Dominion, if he could, they can keep it up. But if this team's still up from last week, you know, it might be a spot where you want to see if they if they come out flat or if they come out still on fire from last week. So that's a good one to judge for live betting. BYU faces Washington, and they're getting 17 points. I'm not going to play the side on this one, but this is a good spot for uh, BYU and under-correlated parlay because the total's lower. And these BYU, I mean, BYU's been covering big spreads all year. They You know, they beat Wisconsin straight up. People forget that these guys, a lot of the – the linemen for BYU are a lot older than a typical college kid because a lot of these guys went on their missions, their Mormon missions for a few years, took some time off football. So there, some of these linemen are 24, 25. These are men going up against boys sometimes. So there's always, I think, value with the BYU when you're looking at the offensive and defensive line matchups, and that's shown itself this season so far too. So I think you shouldn't take BYU lightly. I don't, I don't think Washington will. And I think numbers-wise, that spread looks about right. But I'm, if you can get in on that BYU and under-correlated parlay, then most books won't let you do it. But if you can get, get in on that, that's a great correlation there. Um, not to go against our good friend Danimal, who gave out his Danimal lock of the week earlier a few days ago in the podcast. He said Oregon at minus three was a lock. Visiting Cal, I actually disagree, and the, the markets agree with that. That line is, is now down to one and a half, two. Um, I was not able to put any Cal plus three in pocket, but if it gets back up there, I'm going to do it. This is a classic Oregon hangover spot after <laughs> losing in the most depressing fashion against Stanford last week. I think it's a great spot for Cal. They're coming off their bye, so it's basically like opposite spots, and numbers-wise, I have it close to a pick them so uh, I don't – I don't fault anyone taking plus one or plus two with Cal. I'll be only doing it at plus three myself, but I will also be paying attention to this one for in-running purposes. If you can live wager, you see that Oregon came out flat. You know, I don't know how they got up for practice this week. That's <laughs> tough. I mean, these these are college kids, and after losing a game in that fashion, I think there's a classic letdown spot. This, this team might come out flat, so I'll be looking at that one. Um, Northwestern. At home, hosting Michigan, I didn't want to get into play on this one, but anything over two touchdowns, the numbers say that that's that's the way to go. Uh, But there's actually money coming in on on Michigan this morning, a lot of public money, clearly. And I know Northwestern does not look good this year. They don't really inspire um, a financial backing, but this one's up to plus 16. I'm going to definitely get in play. If it gets up to plus 17 this morning, I'll probably add – even if I'll add less at plus 16, I think sharp money's going to come in towards the end of the morning before the game kicks off on Northwestern. So if I start seeing that line start, start to move the other way, I'll get in play on Northwestern. But right now I'm holding out for that plus 17. We've got some big games tonight on the college slate. we got Ohio State visiting Penn State. And they are three-and-a-half-point favorites right now, Ohio State is, which looks about right to me, perhaps a little bit of value on Penn State numbers wise just because I I give that home field advantage tonight about four to five points which is about as high as you can get in the cold college football season but at the same time Ohio State is 40 and 20 against the spread against ranked opposition since 2004 they really get after these big games and I think there might be a little bit of a a mismatch um, at least on the some of the matches matchups in this game so I'm reluctant to play the side on this one, um, even after looking at – I mean, the, their past two games have been close, 62 to 60 combined scores. But when you look at the fine print, Ohio State has actually outgained Penn State by almost 400 yards in their past two games. Um, the reason why Penn State was able to keep those games close and even win one of them was from their special teams touchdowns, block kicks. So you kind of like Ohio State when you look at the numbers in that regard. Uh, the angle I really like in this one is the under – and as I said in the podcast recently, sometimes in these big public um, night games with national TV, big night games, the public gets involved in the betting and they, they bet up the total. Sometimes you get an extra point or two of value betting an under on these games. And I think that might be the case tonight. Um, when you look at these two teams, I mean, they're the number one and number two scoring offenses in the country right now, but they also have good defenses and, this one was at 71, the total, but now it's down to 68.5, 68. So I think people are onto that. But we might get that trickle up from, from the public betting later. So if this gets back up to 70, 71, I'm going to get in play on the under on this one for sure. The other big game tonight, Stanford visits South Bend to take on Notre Dame. And I wanted to get into play on Notre Dame in this one, but unfortunately the line has moved up too much. Stanford's off that, that huge win, but they, they're doing a lot of traveling this week. And Notre Dame is that new upgrade um, at quarterback with Ian Book. So I he's looked fantastic. And offensively, Notre Dame looks like a different animal with him under center. But this line's moved up. Now it's at 5.5, so I actually lean Stanford at that line. Um, there's going to be a, a big fatigue factor on these defenses, which could give us a nice live betting opportunity on the over. I'm actually going to look at the over in this game. Stanford's emotionally and physically drained from last week I read that their their defense or I heard this somewhere that their defense was on the field for 83 plays last week compared to 50 for their offense and the Notre Dame defense last week was on the field for 90 plays against Wake who just ran the ball a lot both teams had to travel usually that's tougher on the defense and when you look at the fact that the Notre Dame season stats might be skewed because their former quarterback was in so all the stats that the Odds makers are using for their season long so far involve Winbush at quarterback. Now that Ian books the quarterback, he's a much better passer, so I think this could lead to some value on the over on this one, especially a live betting over. If you see that these these teams are getting tired towards the end, you might have some big plays in the second half of this one that can help the over cash. So I'll be looking at that one. All right, so time to move on to the NFL Week Four. Yeah, buddy. Before I jump into the games, I'm just going to give you some quick little nuggets. So far this year, home underdogs are 10-3 and 3 ATS. and I love betting on home underdogs. It's like my favorite, my favorite thing to do in betting. <laughs> I just love it, especially short dogs. I just think there's, that's just a great angle, especially when you look at the long-term trends betting on that. So that's hitting at a 77% clip right now. And we have some home underdogs this week to take a uh, look at. Last week, no team, when the Vikings lost to the Bills, no team has ever been greater than a two-touchdown favorite that has ever lost by more than one touchdown. No team in history. So the Vikings were the first to do that last week. And 41 of the 48 underdogs this year so far have cashed on teaser legs. And you got to look if, like I said, going back on Trends, I said in episode two, got to figure out if it's narrative or predictive. And the lines are so tight this year that maybe this actually is predictive, more predictive than we think. So uh, betting underdogs, usually the way to go. I I feel like the majority of my bets are always on underdogs. So in terms of the games, we've already hit on Vikings plus 7.5. And And on this one, just another lesson to shop your lines because you could have had the Rams at minus 6.5. And you could have had the Vikings at plus seven and a half. Both were available during the week at different websites at different times, but you could have got down on those and cashed both of those tickets. So shopping is everything. Remember that doggy juice, 10 commandment Um, Cincinnati against Atlanta. I wanted to get in on this one. The line opened at five and a half Uh, Cincinnati getting five and a half points. The Atlanta defense is so banged up and there was value at that number, but unfortunately, the line has moved. It's at three and a half now. Even threes are starting to show up. So no play for me there, but there was a plus five and a half. Just missed the boat on it. you got to be quick on the trigger and games like that. Dallas against Detroit. you got to take a look at the Sean Lee injury in this one. I think, and a lot of sharp guys agree on this, Sean Lee as a defender is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He's the quarterback of, of the Dallas defense. And they just don't do well when he's not playing. It's incredible. Usually individual players like that are not worth a lot to the line, like at most a half a point, maybe a point, but never a defensive player. Um, And I'll get into more on players' worth to the line on a later episode because that's an important concept. But this guy, I think there might be a little bit of um, people aren't realizing how much he actually could be worth especially since he's just in charge of calling the plays and figuring out what the offense is doing. He's a very smart player. As I said, he's the quarterback of the defense, and if he's not playing, you got to take a look at that because that's really going to hurt Dallas. I do like the under in this game. Of course, not as much if he's not playing, so that's something to look at. But I actually did plug some under 45 in pocket because right now I'm seeing 43s, 44s, and I was able to get in at that number. Twelve of the last 13 Cowboys games have gone – Seriously, right now the fucking construction, Jesus! Early on a Saturday morning, it's not good for my headache. Um, anyway, twelve of the thir- last thirteen Cowboys games have have gone under, and most of them are not even close. So, the answer could be that their offensive line is no longer as dominant as it has been, and people are people still think it is. Um, I don't know; they're not a top five offensive line anymore, and I don't even know if they're top ten. So, when you look at that, you know maybe it's they just can't get. It offense going as much. However, Detroit's usually an over team. Um, I lean Detroit in this game, but I like the under more. Dallas's pace is just so slow when you look at their pace numbers, and I think Detroit actually might look to run the ball with Kerryon Johnson now that they had success with that last week, so I think there could be value on the under on this one. The Raiders at home against the Browns. We get the first start of Baker Mayfield, and Oakland is minus two and a half. This is a circle the wagons spot for them. They haven't won a game yet, but they've actually shown well. And you got Baker Mayfield now with a team that's able to spend a whole week preparing for him. It's his first career start. So you know that Gruden's been looking at that film till the wee hours of the evening or early in the morning. And I think that there might be actually value in betting Oakland in this spot just because Cleveland had to travel. They're coming off their first win, so letdown spot after that. Uh, the Raiders have had a whole week to prep for Baker, so it's, it's an interesting spot to look at. But I heard a stat that actually doesn't back this up. Since Oakland's 0-3 so far, um, going back the past 30 years, teams that are 0-3 straight up are 66 and 68 against the spread in their fourth game. But when those 0-3 straight up teams are favored in their fourth game, they're 11 and 22 against the spread. So that does not bode well, that trend for, for the Raiders this week. But I still lean that way. I might get into play on them at minus two and a half. I like New England this week. I also like Green Bay. Both are at home, and both are coming off losses, uh, big-time losses. They got smoked, but they're playing against teams that I think might be a little bit overrated in the market. And Miami, it's tough to get against them because I bet on them every week this year at one. And Tannehill's quietly winning every freaking game he starts. But when you look at the trends in the Patriots, this is the first time since 2002 that they've lost back-to-back games by double-digit points. And the last time the Patriots lost three straight games was also 2002. So they would lose a third straight if they lost this one. And right now they're just laying six and a half. You might be able to get a six against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are great. But right now the trends, I mean, the Patriots, they're 7-1 and against the spread-off back-to-back losses – with a net cover of 15 points per game. The yards per play for Miami really favors them in this matchup. Um, so, like, numbers-wise, it's actually pretty close where the line is, but the trends favor the Patriots so heavily here. And the Dolphins are 0-6 against their spread their last six games at Gillette Stadium. And also the home team in this series, their past 12 meetings, is 11-1 and against the spread. So, when you look at the Patriots off a double-digit loss like this, I think the spot sets up really well for them to do well. They really need to, to win this game. Otherwise, the Dolphins are going to have a commanding lead in the division. So, big game for the Patriots, and I'm, I'm going to bet on them at, at uh, less than a touchdown. I'm going to put that in pocket. Also, Green Bay, I love this play. I think Buffalo, they're still my power rated as my worst team, and it's still not even that close. Uh, Buffalo's coming off that big win against Minnesota that made no sense. But that spread last week was 17. And right now, Green Bay laying nine points. That's saying that there's an eight-point adjustment because these teams are close to being equal teams. I, I think Minnesota's a little bit better, but eight-point difference in the Vikings and the Packers? Like, really? Would the Vikings be 11, 12-point favorites against the Packers? I think there's an overreaction on the on the Buffalo Bills power rating. There's an overadjustment. Green Bay's coming off a loss, so they're going to be focused and motivated returning home. And I think they're going to win. There's at least three to point three to four points of value on this one. So I will be taking, I hate laying big points like this. I really do. But the Packers have a great home field advantage. And they're coming off that blowout loss. So you can bet they're not going to be taking this one lightly. They're not going to take the Bills lightly like the Vikings did last week. So give me the Packers this week. And if you could tease that down through the seven and the three, that would be a great play. And I would do that. I would tie that in with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bears. I actually like the Bears this week. Um, A lot of Vegas wise guys don't. Because the quarterback mismatch here, Trubisky has looked awful. But I mean, a lot of sharps are saying like, and, and I believe it. Like the Bears would be Super Bowl contenders this year if they just had an average quarterback. So Trubisky's got to get it going. But I, I like them in this spot. Um, Tampa Bay's coming off short rests and traveling up to Chicago. The Bears are at home, and if they could tear apart that defense, I, I like the Bears defensively. I think they match up well against Fitzpatrick. So. Even though the Bears are only averaging 4.4 yards per play, that's not good. I like them in this spot. I think it's a good situation, but I just I think I just lean that way. I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to come out and bet it, but at, if it gets down, if it's at minus two and a half, I, I might pull it out. So a Bears by a field goal would cash the ticket. My best play of the week, though, and I plugged this in the podcast earlier in the week, is the Broncos on Monday night at home. They're catching five, or right now it's four, but I got five in pocket. I got plus five. That's just, this is an overreaction to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs should be laying this many points. Everyone's going to be betting on the Chiefs because of what they've seen last, but Broncos and the altitude at home on a Monday night, that's going to be a nice home field advantage, and Chiefs have been doing a lot of traveling. I think the Broncos are going to keep this one close, maybe win it outright, but this is that short, home underdog spot that I really love, and we're getting a few points of value here for sure on this line. I think it's my favorite NFL play of the week. It's the Broncos at home on Monday night. And really quickly before I go, some quick props. I think if you took a look at um, Njoku reception yards, um, Baker Mayfield, I think you could see by watching Hard Knocks, he really favored Njoku. And I think it could be a nice – because Njoku's – Player prop stats are going to be based off his number so far this year, probably uh, when they had a different quarterback in, obviously with Tirad, So now that we got Baker Mayfield in there, quarterback, I think he's going to look Joku's way and we might get some value betting Joku's reception yards prop over. Um, I also like taking a look at pa- at uh, Taylor Gabriel's reception yards over in the bears game this week against that really bad Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. <coughs> So that'll do it. Uh, I apologize for my hungover voice, but I'm glad I got this in. Hope I give you some good information for your bets this weekend. The Doggy Juice Challenge, we have more people that entered this week than last week already, which is great. Just a quick reminder I posted the NFL Super Contest lines on my Twitter and Instagram accounts at Doggy Juice, and those lines stay the same. But if you give me your top five favorite, plays against the spread according to those lines and you go 5-0 and I will Venmo you $25 now only one person can win so if more than one person goes 5-0 and I'm going to use your Monday night total score as the tiebreaker so send me that as well if you can otherwise you go 5-0 and I'm going to Venmo you 25 bucks. and we've had more guys and ladies enter this week than last week so that's a good sign I like it uh, best of luck with your bets I apologize again but uh, I'll be back next week and I will I'll talk to you soon that's it doggy juice out